the Zeitgeist features four different personalities who provide their spin on what's being talked about right now in today's culture. Their conversations include current news, celebrity culture, politics, and more. The moderator starts and ends each discussion. The comedian holds nothing back. The wild card keeps you on your toes. And the analyst breaks it all down into easy-to-understand points. Welcome to the Zeitgeist. Episode 36. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Zeitgeist. How are you doing? It is a beautiful spring, beautiful spring weekend, and I'm happy to be here. I'm Brandy, your moderator. How's the rest of the gang doing? Present and accounted for. Look at that. The comedian checked in. Well, you know, the wild card told us last week, and we didn't pick up on it, but I'm going to say it again in the immortal words of Birdman. Put some respect on it. Put some respect on it. <laughs> there you go. You are pronouncing it correctly. There you go. <laughs> yes. We're going to put some respect on this episode. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but okay. <laughs> wild card, you like how we're shouting you out? That's right. Just make sure you follow suit. All three of y'all. All three. No. <laughs> is you finished or is you done? <laughs> oh man, guys. So um, yeah. I mean, let's just let's just hop into the show. We got a bunch of cool stuff to chat about. The sizzle. Spring is in the air. Summertime is coming. And every time we think about summer and spring, we think about sitting on a back porch with a nice glass of lemonade. But Beyonce has given the word lemonade a whole new meaning. I don't know if you guys heard, but last week she released an album, um, a video album uh, called Lemonade. And it has taken the world by storm. Um, Rachel Roy is Becky of some sort. Um, This is all just very strange uh, considering (laughs) that it started out with a nice memory of lemonade and now we have this uh, whole different Yes. Oh, that's kind of found out that hot sauce was not actually hot sauce. (laughs) Yes, it's just so confusing. Well, Uh, uh, so you know, out of lemons you make lemonade. That's the point. So Beyonce decided to share some lemons with all of us. And uh, in regards to Rachel Roy, so there's Becky with the good hair that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. who supposedly is the woman that was cheating with supposedly Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Rachel Roy, who's a fashion designer, uh, sent an Instagram post that alluded to some of that stuff. So then people were like, oh, are you saying that you're Becky with the good hair? Uh, subsequently, she did come out and say that she wasn't cheating with anybody. Then there was a rumor before this when Solange was beating on Jay-Z that that was over Rachel <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and by the way, everybody, this is Rachel Roy, not Rachel Ray, because a lot of the beehive, they're not too bright. They don't know the difference between the woman cooking on TV. Attack the cooking lady. (laughs) (laughs) Designer. Um, So here's my point, and I've said this numerous times on the show. None of this is real. None of it is real. (laughs) We got to make a segment out of that. That needs to be a segment. I think so. Maybe we need to change the sizzle to none of this is real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you people, Beyonce is raking in the money 
the dough on this. She knows what she's doing. By the way, everybody, did you watch that hour-long video? Did you actually watch it? I started it, and I didn't finish it. Yeah, like, did you make it to the end? I no. mean, we have Jay-Z rolling around with their daughter on the football oh, field. Okay. I mean, it's released on title, right? Who owns title? Okay, hello. Right, and, and who's trying to get title out of the dumps? Like, you realize title wasn't doing well, people. So this is kind of a strategy for them to bring it to the forefront. I mean, come on. And I mean, this is the second video oh. album from Beyonce. Look, yeah. I'm a Beyonce fan. I own her music. Like, I didn't steal it. I actually paid for it. <laughs> so, I, so all you beehive people sit down and be quiet because <laughs> I own the music. And what I got to say is, I'm tired of these video albums. I mean, she she acts like she's Lake City Hughes or something with these poems. I mean, just go back. Well, she didn't even write. She didn't even write right. the poems. That's true. She didn't write them, and I don't know who did, but they need to have a seat along with her. Look, just go back to bringing me the music with the shaking of the rump and everything else. That's what we want. Okay. But you yeah. know, didn't someone say that? I forgot who it was. Some white person on CNN. Clear, I, here I go bringing up information. Somebody did say something like, why are we going to Beyonce for uplifted music? I want her to go back to doing what she was doing before. Was that Pierce Morgan, I believe? Pierce, yes. And the guy, and he, I, I, said, <laughs> I said his name, but the guy who um, was in how, um, how to Make a Murder, um, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. The real corny one. Um, he started going at Pierce Morgan about that, um, and they got into whole things. They were saying, "Oh, he's part of the Beehive now." So it became. But it's funny. You're like when you're not black in that regard, you're not allowed to have an opinion. And I agree with him. I'm just like I didn't come to Beyonce to be uplifted in this way. I came to get through. A but this minutes. isn't even uplifting. It's not one of the most depressing things ever. Let me tell you, black folks <laughs> up on Facebook acting like she is the second coming of Christ. Invite to a to a to a black feminist uh, webinar, discussion roundtable discussion about the deep messaging and, and and female movement that Beyonce has started from Lemonade. I was, I wanted to yeah. go just to troll it, but I didn't have the time because I was like, this is this is crazy. But let's get let's get the wild card in on that exact point. The depth. <laughs> go ahead, wild card. I know you were appreciating that. Um, look. I don't even know where to begin with this because you people, she don't care about y'all. First of all, it's a trap. She's laid a trap for all you miserable people who have been <laughs> cheated on and define your lives by it. Okay? It's a big trap. Beyonce understands us. Look, y'all. Beyonce is married with a child. Two. Okay. Two. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Let me not sell them short. And let's go back to single ladies, put a ring on it. She had a ring on it. Yes. And all you single people, she records this song she doesn't write, goes home to her family and her children's, and you fools are in the club dancing to single ladies. I don't get it. What are they, the beehive, whatever they're called. Yeah, the be- the Watch out, they- Don't mess with the hive now. Yeah, well, if, they, if they get a hold on this, they're going to come for us, and that's listen, fine. I don't care. <laughs> Y'all got to worry about your own lives. Beyonce does not care about you. That's all I have to say. About black people. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say she. I I know I'm joking. Oh, yeah. I see the joke. And this goes all right into that that folder of these celebrities and people turning them into deities. 
yes. and not in the traditional sense like it used to be and 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 the analysts can go on for days about how this used to be structured yeah but look with this social media and all of this stuff i don't know what's wrong with y'all yeah and you know but, it's great the, the what she does for, for black people and women great it's just right. it's not hard. it's not right. it's not be look i like beyonce as as the analyst said i own music so I'm not talking about her. Good kudos to her. Yeah, she hustling. Yes, and the marketing and all of that to draw all of you in in a, in a way that's beyond the music. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. So, all right. Enjoy your next glass of lemonade. <laughs> Politics. All right. So President Obama is coming towards the end of his term, and he is leaving. Some people with a message. Now, Obama started out um, in community organizing, and the message that he gave to the Black Lives Matter um, community and or just young activists in general, focus on the active part of the word activism. Just yelling about stuff and shouting problems without discussing solutions is a waste of time, not effective, and will yield no results thank you obama what a great message to leave us before you depart (laughs) and you know this was uh partly in response to one of the black lives matters uh heads one of the whatever their chapter heads uh she was invited to the white house when he had that summit with all of the activists yes and she didn't come because she was talking about the purity of their message and all of this nonsense um, yeah, so his the quote I do want to read from him that I like yeah. the best was this. Once you've highlighted an issue and brought it to people's attention and shined a spotlight and elected officials or people who are in a position to start bringing about change are ready to sit down with you, then you can't just keep on yelling at them. And you can't refuse to meet because that might compromise the purity of your position. The value of social movements and activism is to get you at the table, get you in the room. And then to start trying to figure out how is this problem going to be solved? You yes. then have a responsibility to prepare an agenda that is achievable, that can institutionalize the changes you seek and to engage the other side. And occasionally to take half a loaf that will advance the gains that you seek, understanding that there's going to be more work to do. But this is what is achievable at this moment. Um, and Kudos. Drop the mic. So... Let's. I recall when uh, Black Lives Matter weren't they getting on Hillary at one point because they yeah said, Hillary Bernie Bernie. Yes. Well, I was talking specifically about uh, gay gay marriage, and uh, I think I recall. And obviously, I'm always coming with information that's not. I can't trace it back, but I know I heard it somewhere that uh, they were complaining that Hillary was all for gay marriage and she helped them to spearhead that movement and this, that, and the other. But Black Lives Matter, they're not asking for something that's tangible. Um, I mean, other than, I mean, I know they had the list of demands as far as cameras on the um, police cars, but you can't tell people to stop being racist. And I'm, I'm with him on that one. It's a lot of yelling. It's it, The noise is as loud as Beyonce's Lemonade, to be honest with you. On social media because that's where I spend eight hours a day essentially mm-hmm. not listening to this but um yeah <laughs> it, it's just a lot of yelling a lot of videos of police brutality and nothing and then movements and then they show up at comedy shows and whatnot and then they take over and they want to disrupt your life question do we think that this has to do with like the 
the, the generation that exists now that are kind of lead, leading leading these movements like do we think that maybe their entitlement or like what's what's the disconnect like they have yeah. a whole history of you know a whole like a whole bunch of movements to think take the civil rights movement where they can kind of study and like see like the strategy that they use in order to make that stuff happen and it's it's readily available because they have the internet and they can just like yeah. you know kind of look into it so like what's what what aren't they using that uh or why do we think that they're not making a connection. To me, it's easier because all you have to do is get on, um, start a kickstart campaign. The same way, it's to me, all those things are very accessible to put anything online on social media, but to actually go out and do the work, that takes more work. That, that's my thought. It's just easier to scream on social media than it is to actually do something. You want to weigh in wild card? I think it is the generation. Um, Again, I think like comedian said, and even you and you two, well, the two of you have suggested, it's it's easy to communicate with the rest of the country and the globe, and yell and scream and feel like you've done something because you get an immediate response. Um, it's not like you don't have to build right to anything. And I would go as far as to say I think they jump into these things to get reactions they don't have an agenda or a plan there's first of all there's also infighting which there always is with movements i don't mm-hmm. want i don't want that to be characterized like it's just them because always with movements it's not reported even historically speaking civil rights movement martin luther king oh, civil rights was, oh, yeah right. there, there's always <laughs> yeah. infighting there but the thing the point i want to make with them is what do they want mm-hmm. and they have not transitioned we remember uh, occupy wall street also yep. Yep. Um, we can even go into the arab spring if we want to get outside of the country where that was um, a social media thing, but it, it tends to fall flat after that. It's hollow. Yeah. But they did accomplish something in the Arab Spring. <laughs> they got, well, no, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't finish that, but that's where mm-hmm. it started. And mm-hmm. then there was some follow through as far as, you know, I mean, we can get to NATO and, and, and what happened there. Um, Cause there were a lot of things that happened there, but they also, they did get support. So you have to figure out how to get support from, from people in power. And in the Arab Springs case, they did they did get that um, from the, the the nations and things like that, the outside. So I guess my point was the front end of it is the same. But what you see, as you said, analysts, with that is the Arab Spring. There was some follow through with you know people in power. How you feel about that is another discussion. But there was some follow through there, and they don't have it here. They won't even sit at you know they think it's, they're selling out if they sit with people that are. In That's power. the problem. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, y'all. Keep yelling. Enjoy yourselves. Odd news. A lot of times on the zeitgeist, we are always talking about, well, as the comedian calls them, fat people. And I think this guy... You not put me out like you, that. You always call them fat people. You, you don't call them fat, too. Will well, you bring them up? I support you. Why you create the topics? Why do you create the topics? I don't just imagine fat people in every conversation. Listen. Oh, let's just put a fat person in here. <laughs> I think this guy, this guy in London, may have a may have a solution to um to obesity, which is his uh a nude restaurant. Maybe if you have to eat in a nude in public, might not you know become three hundred pounds at five two. You do not believe that. No, it's only fat people that are going in there to eat nude. I performed at a nude <laughs> colony before. <laughs> They're all fat. body that I wanted to see that was naked. 
Well, because nudists aren't about that. They're about embracing who they are. Now, uh, like you said, it's in London. The owner of this restaurant is Seb Lyall. Um, he told the Washington Post that it's liberating, it's fun, and sometimes the neighbors watch, fine, whatever. Okay, when he talks about being in the nude, because sometimes at home he does that. So then he thought, well, what about eating in public this way? Now, in the restaurant, there the tables are partitioned. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about, Brandy. This has nothing to do with obesity. You got you got to walk through though. They're not going to just bring you. They have no, no. They have lockers and everything like that that leads directly to where you go, so everybody doesn't have to see you. Uh, Just so you know, everybody, if you want to go to this restaurant, uh, and this was a while ago, they already had sixteen thousand people on the wait list. You don't have to be nude in the restaurant, by the way. It's not mandatory. So there you go. So if you want, you know, some people's things in your food, who knows what'll drop in there. Yeah. Have a nice trip. You can now, go to the one. Are the staff, are they preparing and the, the staff is nude as well? No, but uh, the servers, <laughs> the servers are, the servers will wear minimal clothing, but they're going to be covered in the important places. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that the cooking staff will be fully clothed. <laughs> oh, could you imagine a pube in your soup? Oh. Well, I don't know about the wild card. Maybe he can. Uh, that stuff is happening now. <laughs> you're right about that like yes like uh the guy who wrote fight club chuck polaniuk he wrote a yeah. book called choke yeah. has uh some of that stuff in there it's based on real things so wild card let's not even say that you would be nude at this restaurant would you even visit it no is it plant-based what's the ups yes now see that's there's the irony what are they serving? They have they'll have vegan, you know, a robust <laughs> selection of vegan options, of course. Well, any new <laughs> any new restaurant, everything has to be difficult, that. you know, to get some food that won't kill you. <laughs> but um, well, you can't go out to eat if you don't want food that's going to kill you. I bet you can go there. Watch, because <laughs> it always has to be a struggle. <laughs> I'm sure some creepy dude is going to ask somebody on a first date to dinner and then show up at that joint with his penis out. See. Well, that's an automatic in that case. Well, you should know where you're going. I mean, you should rest, you know, uh, do some research. Everybody wants to Google everybody. Certainly know the restaurant you're going to. Well, uh, guys, what, if, what if the guy plans to date and a, and a woman doesn't know? And it's just like, okay, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go out to dinner. You don't always have to say. We like when y'all do that. We're like, oh, look at him. He's a go-getter. Well, do what you normally do. Just leave them. Just say, I'm not going in there and walk out. Right. And then Beyonce can make a song about it and everybody can be upset. And you know what? She should entitle it, put some respect on it. I think she should do that song. I agree. It's just like if I took you to Wendy's. Do the same thing you would do if I took you to Wendy's. Man, if somebody took me to Wendy's and this wasn't our 15th date, I swear to goodness. See? It's the same. Y'all got the same defense mechanisms. It's no different. What's wrong with Wendy's? They got all natural sea salt, fresh cut fries. Brandon, you don't got my face with that. You do. You can't even say that with a straight face. Look, the last thing I'll say about the nude restaurant is I need um, uh, barriers around the human body. Okay. Okay, I'll put no, no, no. No, I mean, they're sitting on seats and I understand they'll be sitting on their towels, but I don't care. I need 360 degrees of coverage around food. And places I will be sitting. Thank you. That's it. Well, you can fold the towel over your wiener. Did I say 360 degrees? <laughs> okay. Health and science. Pornography. It's a health crisis. 
according to Utah now. <laughs> don't, don't you dare watch no girl on girl action. He did not mention anything about girl on girl action. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, why are you starting with that one? <laughs> the kids, <laughs> the kids have access to it, and it's messing up the country. Yeah, so this is according to the Utah governor uh, signed a resolution that declared porn an epidemic that's creating, like you said, Brandy, this public health crisis. So, um, and then he goes into how this is not, people don't normally think of this as something that would cause an addiction like drugs. Um, Now, people on the other side of it, the porn industry notably would say, well, if you look at the science, it really doesn't support this belief. Also, uh, people who uh, view porn are more likely to be progressive, to be on the side of women's rights and things like that. So that's the setup. I just think that, for me, this almost is what I don't care about. Uh, But here we go. What say you, Wildcard? Let's pull you in. Um, anything's addictive almost so I, I don't really buy that um, I don't buy the argument I think this is a, a grab by this, uh, you know Utah governor and you know tends to be they tend to wrap legislation up with these these um, red herrings to a degree now just so you know as, as well the more um, religious a state is the more people they have who buy porn yes. so Utah no. yeah Utah yeah, I know. Utah's number one, right? Yes. So yeah. this, so there's a reason why he's trying to go to some science to back this up, because you know they, you know, a lot of Mormons out there. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. As far as the the things they're 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 citing, um, you know, trafficking, uh, child porn, all that stuff. Yeah. I understand that, but um, I don't know why they're attacking porn in that way i think that stuff's going to exist regardless attack what needs to be attacked in my opinion that that's illegal activity well it's the same argument when they talk about gay men and then child molesters they're not the same thing they're making this connection um and i think deliberately they're trying to um create legislation this this what do they call it uh, around these values whatever they call these kinds Mm -hmm. of values issues it's one of those republican things to me so whatever I don't, don't think he knows what the word epidemic means. Because I'm like, what, what's what's happening? As far as what he said, that uh, rough sex is now becoming mainstream. And I don't think that can ever be. How is that bad? Well, it's bad if that's something you don't want. <laughs> then that would be right. That would be right. There's a word for that. Yeah, rape is different than rough sex. Right. Yes, in the transaction that this is what we want to do. But just like the wild card was alluding to, it's about politics trying to use yeah. science and using coded language. When they say rough sex, that's what he means without saying it. But right? right? Yeah, that's yes. what he means. Yes. And what he, he means is that rape. that'll be a segue into rape. This is what oh, they do. Yeah. They turn um, legal right. activity into and they 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 tie they tether it to illegal activity right and act like one fuels the other so get rid of the legal activity this yes. is what they do it's the slippery it's a slippery slope yes. approach. yeah 
Because so. if people don't have any control over, that's what I don't. It's just like it's this is over. I think it's over. I I just think politics is out of my bedroom. That's just how I feel. Like I mean, how are you even controlling these laws? You know, like I mean, when we're thinking about like the anal sex or the, the sodomy law, like who who's enforcing that? What? How, how do people know? What do they have like neighborhood watches to, to tell? Like oh, I have a neighbor that's getting. They might, yeah, it would have someone in, in yeah. This is what happens when you are religious in these ways. That's all I'm going to say. But butt sex doesn't count as regular sex in certain religions. So, you know, that's probably... No I know a lot of quote-unquote vaginal versions that are, that, are, that are anally and orally very experienced. I don't get it. But... <laughs> This took a turn for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> talking about what's wrong with rough sex. Well, because it's a broad conversation about porn, and, and we're getting specific. We started getting specific. Trying to, trying to excuse her comment? No, I'm not. I'm saying this, this was kind of the road, too, you know, because we got specific with certain acts. The wild card is, is trying to clean it all up. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> so we've been listening to the Zeitgeist for a while. There's no secret that I'm anti-Fresh Direct. Um, I'm so glad you brought it up (laughs) because there's a plate of crow waiting for you. Go ahead and keep going. Okay. I thought she was about to say she's anti-fat people. (laughs) That's you who sneaks into the segment. Hey, that's not me. (laughs) But, (laughs) like, and and the reason I'm bringing this up is because we're about about to talk about the issue with Amazon. Um, Well, you know, the issue with Amazon and the challenges that, delivery. yeah, the challenges that that company said was same day delivery because of the assumptions that companies make around you know what neighborhoods should have access to certain services and um, yeah, I, I want to open up with that and then we'll we'll delve into the conversation a little more. Yeah, so what's happening is in um, areas of so here's what here's what happens. Amazon starts a new program. They always roll it out in Seattle first, that area. Then they branch out to major metropolitan areas afterward. And then they try to go across the country if it works there. So same day delivery went through that path. It's now where the major metropolitan centers are. But they only go to places where they have a a great enough concentration of people who will use it, of people who are paying for Um, Prime and all of that. So that's where you get into uh, communities that have more minorities, some of them in those areas not being serviced by same-day delivery. Um, And the Bronx, they talked about, oh, they went through all of these reasons why it happens. Um, In the Bronx, it's because the service center for for the Bronx is in New Jersey. So they're like, there's a problem there. Because they want to make sure they can actually fulfill the promise of same-day delivery. So they're they're saying it has nothing to do with race. It's just that these areas with uh, higher minority populations just happen to fit into the algorithm in a way that says we shouldn't be delivering to them. Now, after this piece came out in Bloomberg, they've started to try to change this. I know uh, an area in Boston, one of the areas that they weren't going to, they're now going to service. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Brandy, are you now ready to drop your Amazon subscription? Because you came for Fresh Direct. Like, this was a major well, see, problem. Well, it is, a, it is a major problem with Fresh Direct, and I'll tell you why. Fresh Direct, their initial place was in Queens, right? The initial distribution center was in Queens. It was the only one they had. They delivered to commit. They went through the Bronx and went to Westchester. Mm-hmm. So that was a problem, right? Second 
issue. The biggest issue was that when the Fresh Direct Distribution Center was opened up in the South Bronx, without fighting and community, like a community push, they were not planning to deliver to the Bronx, which is crazy. And Amazon after this is now changing what it's doing too. So again, are you ready to get rid of Amazon? Because it doesn't matter. Like I said before, these are businesses. I don't need same day delivery from Amazon. So but here's the problem. If you are a prime subscriber mm-hmm. and you are not getting that same day delivery, you are paying for something that you're not getting. Well, right. Exactly. And this is, I actually called Netflix about this with their model, because if I'm in an area where certain discs aren't available and someone else is in the area where it is, we're paying the same cost. So mm-hmm. I'm not getting the same uh, product. Service. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I have a problem with all of it. And that's why I said, these are just businesses. I get it. Yeah. But uh, let's pull in the comedian wild card. <laughs> yeah, I was just nodding. Um, y'all can't see me nodding. Uh, I don't I, I don't I don't have anything to say about it because I haven't I haven't had a problem with fresh direct I haven't had a problem with delivery in general because I'm in Brooklyn and I'm pretty much in a in an area mm-hmm. that is gonna get everything that it needs. Yeah. But I do see but even in my neighborhood it hasn't been gentrified yet. Maybe a half a mile down the street it's starting with the cafes that offer um, almond milk. That's how you know white people are coming. Um, and naked juices, which aren't yeah. even real, but okay. You said what juice? Naked. Oh yeah, that too, which is a bunch of sugar and crap. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's not an issue, but I do understand that in my neighborhood specifically, because it's a high concentration of West Indian folks, that you know it's hard to find things that i like um like even the quality of food i walked into my supermarket earlier today and it was spoiled fruit you know what i mean and to me that's unacceptable um i don't know if that goes in there but it goes along the whole thing about different areas and socioeconomic backgrounds and things of that nature mm-hmm. that's it wild card what do you say um th- this is what tends to happen i believe there's institutional racism that has all kinds of tentacles that turns into uh economic issues for minorities etc etc i don't know why we discuss things these things down the line when we get to the businesses this the problem is all of the other issues socioeconomic issues with institutionalized racism okay so as an as a business and these businesses that do certain things they're in the business of making money i don't think it's necessarily intentional so you know this is like the whole chum hum thing for all the people that watch uh the good wife <laughs> the good wife right it's the chum hum thing i don't it's, watch the good wife because it's just the, the, the question is are they running some algorithm that excludes minorities which they are not okay okay yeah. so, yeah, it's just that, like you said, the institutional racism causes yes. minorities to not fit into these algorithms. Exactly. Yes. That's where the fix is. So I don't want to hear about Amazon. What we don't care about. Do you have any pumpkin, pumpkin lovers, pumpkin junkies on this on this podcast? I, I am. Yeah, pumpkin junkie. Real pumpkin, though. Real okay. pumpkin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like sweet potato better. Yeah. Sorry. What about you, Wild Card? Well, I didn't know we had options. I didn't know this was a, a A, B, situation. <laughs> you asked, do I like pumpkin? But, well, you didn't give me like, well, do you prefer, you know, summer squash? Or like, <laughs> you like pumpkin? I like pumpkin. Where did sweet potato come from? I just like sweet potato better. Well, I mean, that wasn't one of the options, though. I like sweet potato, too. Well, that, that tends to be the... That tends to be the... Uh, the black thing? The, the, no. It's that tends, that tends to be the battle. You're, you're either a pumpkin person or a sweet potato person. Okay? Yes. You gotta pick one. There's no in-between. 
<laughs> because you know, of course, we always think of those two those two yep. vegetables right. and pies. So it's not like no one's really thinking about like this. And we also white. think about them demographically as well. Oh yeah, that's, that's where that comedian was going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but I you know I just like the flavor of sweet potato better than pumpkin, and you there's no recipe that you have to put, you have to choose one or the other. It's I don't all like the way you say hmm? I don't like the way you say flavor. Okay, flavor. <laughs> so just deal. Look, Amazon's not delivering to you now. <laughs> Look, if you'd like, I can speak <laughs> standard American dialect. Yes, I'm trained in it. If you want me to say flavor, I can say flavor. And oh. I will continue the rest of this episode like this. So wild card. Oh, pumpkin. I mean, uh, excuse me. You could eliminate pumpkins from the earth and it wouldn't bother me. Sweet potatoes. <laughs> but what about Charlie Brown? Yes. Then you wouldn't have that special. And roasted pumpkin. The pumpkin patch. Seeds. He could do it with the sweet potato patch. Oh, he got no seeds. So, Brandy, can you actually set this up, please, for us? Because we're this is not about pumpkins. <laughs> no, it's about it's like I, I have to go here because we don't care about this. Cheerios is trying to figure out how do we stay relevant. Coke cereal, for some reason, is going out of style. So what did they do? They took a page out of Starbucks book and tried to bring in the cult following success of the pumpkin spice latte. And this fall, what do we have coming to the stands? Not the stands. The shelves. Pumpkin (laughs) spice Cheerios, guys. Yes. I, um, what's so wrong with regular Cheerios? I don't know. Or or the the green. Okay, you want to go ahead, or you want me to go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like the Honey Nut Cheerios. I like those too. You know, uh, now the you know this is all about moderator. You know what this is about. I do know. It's yeah. all about grains and paleo and people going. Oh, I lose weight if I cut this out. Yeah, you'll lose weight if you cut any food group out. Just take your pick. You're going to lose weight if you cut it out. Um, so, yeah, the, the cereal manufacturers are really trying to uh, do something about it. I don't really care because I just don't. <laughs> I don't care about any of it. I don't care about whether you want to eat grains or not. I'm going to eat grains. Okay. Cold cereal, if you want to eat that, whatever. I mean, Cat and Crunch, are they doing something? I don't know. Uh, wild card, what do, what do you say about this? And then we'll go to the comedian because I know that she loves Colts here. I think this is another uh, <laughs> uh, 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 way to market to millennials. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what's happening with cereal. Um, they're, they're, they're not, millennials aren't responding to cereal. They don't eat it, right? And, and also, they have other options. There are a lot of other options with fast food uh, uh, places recently getting really going full throttle into breakfast food and so forth and so on. But again, when you add pumpkin spice and certain labels, gluten-free and things like that, yes, it appeals to a certain segment of the population, millennials. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, and it's really hard to, you know, kind of fight against the overnight oats. I mean, those things are just, you know, all over. Oatmeal is making a comeback. (laughs) McDonald's now with the all-day breakfast is is surging. Yep. Uh, Comedian, what say you? I don't know anybody over the age of four that eats Cheerios still. I do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, know, I, I, love, I love all of those cereals. 
First, I talk about my love for pumpkin. Here, Chauncey go, well, I'm a sweet potato guy. Now I'm talking about, I don't know too many people who eat Cheerios or before, but I do. What you you got to be comfortable being a rebel. It's all right. I mean, I just, I have not seen grown adults like, ooh, let me get some Cheerios. And how many, we did not address how many flavors Cheerios has. Yeah. Yes. And they I mean, it's name a flavor, and they got they probably got it's a brownie frosted, flavor right now. There's apple cinnamon. There's a dark chocolate. <laughs> there's a gluten free. about a chocolate. I think Cheerios and Chex are yes. in the running for who has the most random flavors on the shelves these days. Yeah, and they're gluten free. Yeah, and they have a churro flavor. Somebody has a churro flavor. No way. I'm I'm not lying to you. I, I love it. cinnamon. Don't get me wrong. I li- they should have just called it cinnamon, not churro. <laughs> It's marketing. Churro is sexy. Yeah, they've researched. I mean, I'm sure they got some kind of response out of the name and flavor. So (laughs) you have to understand. I found this when I lived in Bushwick, which is predominantly Hispanic. I'm done. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys. The Tom Fool of the week. So I mean, it looks like this week we have a case of Tom Fool Jeopardy. Um, (laughs) a bunch of people (laughs) in the running. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna punt this over to the. uh, to the analyst. No, no, you're I'm, not. I am. Oh. I, want you to, I want you to take this. Take it away. Well, all of this is revolving around presidential candidate and senator Ted Cruz. Uh, former Speaker of the House John Boehner was at a little talk recently and he wanted to unload on Ted Cruz. He said that he was Lucifer in the flesh. Um, Also, just so you know, everybody, uh, Ted Cruz at one point was John Boehner's lawyer. Yes. So you you have another layer. And then he said, John Boehner also said that Ted Cruz is one of the most miserable SOBs he's ever worked with. And I mean, he worked with Dennis Hastert, who's a child molester. So, uh, you know, if you start pulling this up now. The Lucifer in the Flesh comment got the attention of the Satanists. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not happy. No. Uh, the spokesperson for the Satanic Temple said, Vayner's comment is illustrative of how well past time it is to adjust our mythologies to reflect our realities. Cruz's failures of reason, compassion, decency, and humanity are products of his Christian pandering, if not an actual Christian faith. It grows tedious when pedophile priests and loathsome politicians are conveniently dismissed as satanic even as they spew biblical verse and prostrate themselves before the cross, recruiting the Christian faithful. Satanists will have nothing to do with any of them. Uh, Now, (laughs) for Satanism, everyone, this doesn't mean that they worship Satan. It's just really a a troll. Uh, They're atheists, and their point is you should be able to do whatever you want, worship whoever you want, and if you want to call them Satanists and they worship Satan, fine, they'll have a conversation about it. Uh, Now, that's one piece. The other is Ted Cruz, in an effort to get attention and try to uh, get the nomination from Donald Trump, which is not going to work, he announced his uh, VP, his VP pick, before he even gets the nomination, which no one does. And this is Carly Fiorina. And in the last part of this, Carly Fiorina, in this announcement on stage, talked about the songs that she sings to Ted Cruz's daughters, who are seven and four years old, I believe. And she started singing this weird song, and everybody thought, this is very strange. Okay, so, yes, the question is, who's the Tom Fool? Is it Ted Cruz? Is it the Satanists? Is it John Boehner, Carly Fiorina, or all of them? Shut up.
and sit down. Wild card. What say you? Ali Fiorina. And <laughs> Ted Cruz. Ah, and Tom the- Fools. Mm. And so was the media. Oh, you're throwing in something that wasn't mentioned. Okay. I'm going all three. Well, and why the media? media? Because they have given this stuff a platform mm-hmm. to where this is where what this politics has devolved into. No matter what you think about it, it used to be people putting their credentials forward for a leadership position. Yeah. This is what we have now. To the point where this was a, everything's a stunt to gain media coverage. Mm-hmm. Even this was probably a move they did to stem the tide of the negative coverage they got when Trump ran the table um, on the last Tuesday uh, uh, group of elections. That's was, right. Right. Yeah. And, the, and they pick up on this. But they can forget so, it. Trump is going to get the nomination. Right. But I'm just saying how this is what this is what people are employing as far as a strategy now. Yes. And the and the media is complicit in making this effective. Now, I want to say one thing before I'm done. Yep. Shout out to the Satanic Temple. <laughs> because that's what that's what I learned from this. I really I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That this yeah. they existed in this capacity and they are so right. Yeah. Yes, and see, that's the problem, you know, in organized religion. If you don't admit your faults and call it out, then you're vulnerable. Yeah. What, what do you think? I was like, after I read that, exactly what uh, the wild card pointed out, I was just like, well, shoot, maybe I might join. Um, uh oh, we got to say this. Let me get my crosses out. <laughs> Holy water. Why y'all doing me like that today? Um, <laughs> I think the time fool. Um, I'm still on um, pumpkin spice Cheerios. Oh, um, goodness. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's it. <laughs> Moderator, you haven't weighed in. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, Cruz and Carly are definitely my 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 um my two picks. Uh, Carly's one first. I just, I mean, I've always thought she she's every time that she opens up her mouth, she just spews foolery. So, I mean, mm-hmm. she's my top pick, and then Cruz just because why? Like, why is she your strategy, your strategic pick for <laughs> taking a nomination well, from Trump? Well, to end this, you know why? Because she's a woman, and you know but she. I, I know. I know what he thought it was like. Just I get that, but if you look at her history, you look at like what what she's not. It just they like, don't care about history. It, you know, <laughs> they don't care about that. She's a woman. She attacks Hillary, even though in two thousand eight she had nice things to say about her. She attacks Hillary, so let's make her the V uh, and try to get some delegates. It's not going to work. And to end it here, the wild card called it. <laughs> he said it would be Clinton versus Trump. And this is why we haven't discussed it because we have nothing more to say. Look, listen to our old episodes where we broke it down and it's done. We will come back to you when they are finally the nominees and we'll get into the general election. Can so, Wildcard also predict the um, winning lottery numbers? I need some money. He, well, the next, next week, we'll get him to do that. <laughs> You'll get all the info when you join the temple. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, you let us know, comedian, what, what those The end. All right, guys, that does it for this week's edition of the Zeitgeist. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, as always, if you can't wait to next week to hear from us, reach out to us on social media at Dynamic Daily and on, at our website at dailydynamic.com. 
if there are any topics that you're interested in us covering, share those with us too. Like, um, just a, just a shout out to the the analyst. He actually curates all of our um, our stories for the week. So I don't think he would mind if you guys, you know, shot him a couple of suggestions to, you know, help his job out because we want to cover news stories that you want to hear. Bring them no on. Other. Bring them. All right, guys. So <laughs> that is this week's edition of the Zeitgeist. Enjoy a bowl of pumpkin spice Cheerios and lemonade until we see you next time. Listen to the Zeitgeist every Sunday at dailydynamic.com.